Amen. As we begin this morning, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming out to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords here. If you are visiting with us this morning, we are so thankful for you. We want you to feel at home while you are here. And if there is anything at all that any of us can do to help you while you're here, please let us know. Also, if you're joining us through our radio ministry this morning, we are thankful for you. We don't have the luxury of knowing who's listening, but we know that there are people listening. Uh, You can listen as we go off the air this morning for information on how to contact us, or perhaps you are watching this particular sermon through our website. You'll, You'll see how to contact us on there. But again, thank you for being here. I'm especially thankful uh, to have some special people to me here this morning. We have my mother-in-law, Ann Pierce. Many of you know her. And then we have her sister-in-law, Alita Pierce, and Alita's daughter, Martha, and Jerry Heike, along with their children, Aaron and April. They are here from Louisville this morning, and we are glad that they came and made made that journey with us this morning. Um. They've been my family, actually, for the last almost 25 years. Time gets away from us. And you know, we don't hardly ever get an opportunity to worship with each other anymore. I guess the last time was probably the day of my ordination service back in January of 2013. But we are so glad that you are here this morning. I'm going to be starting a new sermon series this morning for the Sunday mornings that I preach. I... This morning's message is going to be called, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And I want to take just a moment and tell you how all this came about. Back in April, Brother Blake and I went to a conference in Louisville, really one of the best conferences relating to ministers that I have ever been to. It left a lasting impact on my life. Many, several thousand people were there. And in between all of the sessions, they had bookstores set up everywhere. You could literally go in and buy about whatever Christian book that you wanted whatever theology book that you wanted. And for somebody who loves theology, that was like a dream come true. And so between a couple of the sessions, I went in one of the bookstores, and I actually picked up this book that's on the screen right now, had it in my hand, just a very small book, a very easy read, turned over to see how expensive it was. It was not expensive at all, and I thought, I'm going to buy that. But for some reason, I put it back on the shelf. I didn't really know why in that moment that I put it back on the shelf, but I did. And so we went on to the next session. Uh, in that particular session, uh, I was at one session. Brother Blake was at another session. And about two hours later, he texted me and said, you're not going to believe this, but they are giving away that book free that you almost purchased. And so I went and got it. And of all the books that I ended up with from that conference, this is the one that I read first. I read it first. It's based on the Lord's Prayer. It digs down into the Lord's Prayer. It causes us to take an in-depth look at what are we actually saying when we pray the Lord's Prayer. It's written by Dr. Albert Moeller, who's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And he begins the book by telling a story about himself. As you might imagine, he maintains an aggressive speaking schedule. He was scheduled basically on the same weekend to speak at two different conferences that were many hours apart by airplane. And he thought that he would be able to get to the second location and maybe have a couple of hours to spare before he had to preach, but it didn't work out that way. He barely got there due to a delayed schedule in time to literally walk up on the stage and preach to that group of people. Absolutely exhausted because his schedule had not turned out like he thought that it was going to. 
But he said the Lord gave him strength for the moment. He delivered that message. And then he went to the congregation and sat down. And before he knew what had happened, he was asleep. Very soundly asleep. Due to exhaustion. So imagine his surprise when the person next to him nudged him and informed him that he had just been invited to the podium to pray, to lead the congregation in prayer. Well, he was totally confused. He didn't know if they had just announced that somebody had died and he was supposed to be praying for comfort for the family. He didn't know if they had just announced that maybe God had answered a prayer and they were supposed to be praising God through prayer. He didn't know what he was supposed to be praying for. And you know, it would be a little embarrassing to say, could you please tell me I was asleep? That probably would not have gone over the best. So he said what he did in that moment was what he had done so many times before. He relied on those familiar phrases that he had heard all his life. They sounded good, but they didn't really mean anything. To him, And in that moment, he was convicted, and it caused him to take an in-depth look at the Lord's Prayer. For the last six weeks on Wednesday night, I've been leading a study on this. Uh, if you are not connected on Wednesday nights, I want to invite you to come. You may not be familiar with our format. Brother Blake and I both teach in 20-minute rotations. We divide the group in half. half. Half of the group goes with Brother Blake. The other half stays with me. We both teach for 20 minutes on two different subjects. Then we change classes and do it all over again. We spend the last 15 or 20 minutes actually praying for each other, for the requests that we have. So if you're not connected somewhere on Wednesday nights, I would invite you to come, be a part of that. But I have just finished this study on Wednesday nights, but somewhere in the midst of that, the Lord told me this is going to be a sermon series for Sunday morning. So we've got installment number one this morning called Lord Teaches to Pray. Obviously, as you can imagine, these sermons in this series are going to be teaching sermons. So I hope you'll use the, the space that's dedicated in your bulletin for notes to take notes or maybe bring a journal from home and jot down notes through the next few weeks. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 this morning and I'm going to be reading to you verses 5 through 13 where the disciples have just asked Jesus, will they teach him Teach them how to pray. And if you realize this morning, if you call yourself a Christian, we are now disciples. We are now disciples of Jesus. So if you are physically able to stand this morning, would you stand just to honor the reading of God's Word? It will be on the screen, or if you have your Bible with you, and I invite you to read out of your copy of God's Word. Matthew 6, uh, beginning with verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You may be seated. As we begin this morning to dig down into the scripture verse by verse, I want to start with verse 1. I know I didn't read that to you just now. But this is a warning from Jesus when he's getting ready to tell his disciples how to pray. He starts it with a strong warning. Beware. Beware. Do you think if you were having a conversation with Jesus and the first word out of his mouth is beware, would it get your attention? It definitely should. He says beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. We're going to see here just in a moment as we dig down verse by verse in our text that before Jesus tells them how to pray, he tells them specifically how not to pray. And so he's addressing this to start with in verse 1. He says, don't do it in order to be seen by others. He issues that same warning to us today. Don't do what you do in order to be seen by others. If that's the reason, if that's your motivation for doing something, it's a scary situation. It's a scary thought. And you might wonder why. Jesus says, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Remember, Jesus knows our heart. Jesus knows everything. Thing about us. So anyway, he is, he is issuing this warning. Don't practice your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Now, verse 5. Remember I said that Jesus is giving his disciples specific instructions on how not to pray. How not to pray. Verse 5, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. That they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Now I know a lot of times, any time that we talk about the H word, the hypocrite word, in church, sometimes it makes people nervous. But folks, Jesus uses this word. He uses it, as, uses it as a warning. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like them. And we shouldn't either. These people were praying to be seen. Praying to be seen. Now, I want to I tell you, Jesus is not saying here not to pray in public. That is not at all what he's saying. What Jesus is emphasizing here is that your public prayer life should never be greater than your private prayer life. Never should it be. And if it, if it is, there is a problem. There is a big problem. Your prayers in public should never be greater or more intense than those prayers that you pray in private. Never. But we've got this group of people that is praying specifically for the purpose of being seen. And look what Jesus says about them. They have received their reward. They have received their reward. Now I'm going to intentionally skip right now to verse 7 and talk about another group of people that Jesus says don't be like these either. 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. So on one hand, you've got the people that Jesus calls the hypocrites. They are praying to be seen. On the other hand, you've got the people he's referring to as the Gentiles. They are praying to be heard. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be like either one of these two groups of people. Don't pray to be seen. Don't pray to be heard. Don't do it. And then he ends this particular verse, verse 8, with this. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Is that not a comforting thought this morning? To know that before you ever utter that word, before you ever pray that prayer, before you ever make the request, your Father already knows. He knows what you need before you ask Him. And now we're going to go back to verse 6. But when you pray. Again, these are the words of Jesus. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now, if you've been with us on the Wednesday night studies, one of the things I think I've said every week when we talk about this particular verse, by no means is Jesus saying that you have to go in a room and shut the door in order to be heard. That is not at all what Jesus is saying. Although sometimes it does help. Sometimes it does help if we go into a room and shut the door. What Jesus is emphasizing right here is the importance of seclusion when we pray. He is emphasizing the importance of seclusion when we pray. You know, many of you have heard me say before that most of the time, the times that I have heard Jesus speak the loudest in my life, are, they've been at those times when I have been very, very quiet. In those times when I've been away from a phone ringing or the distraction of a phone, when I have been in a place in my house where I have silence, I have absolute silence. I don't know how many of you observe a quiet time daily, but if you don't, I want to encourage you to. Find a place in your home away from distractions. Don't just go there in emergencies. Go there daily. Remember, Jesus knows what you need before you ask Him. And then also remember that your Father sees in secret. He sees in secret. Now maybe that's a wonderful thought for some of you or maybe it's a scary thought. But I want to just emphasize to you this morning, there is absolutely nothing that you can do. There is absolutely nothing that you can say. There is absolutely nothing that you can think that your heavenly Father does not know about. He knows that. We need to be aware of that. And I want to tell you this morning, our prayers do not have to be complicated. You know, sometimes I really believe that is the hesitation that some people experience is because they think for some reason... My prayer has to be complicated in order to be heard by God. That is not true at all. And if you believe that, you're believing a lie directly from Satan. I want to take us back just a moment to the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. We have a prayer that is documented that Elijah prayed here. And we're going to see it is a very simple prayer. It is not complicated at all. There is nothing that's complicated, but I believe the Lord heard it. 
In fact, I know he heard it. Verse 36, And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. So he starts his prayer by addressing who he's praying to. He is praying to the Lord, who is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Israel. And then he puts things in the proper context. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. He's saying, you're God, I'm not. Because look what he goes on to say. And that I am your servant. Do our prayers typically start like this? Do we affirm that He's God and we're not? Do we affirm that we are His servant? Or do so many times are we guilty of trying to somehow talk the Lord into what we think is best for our life? First of all, we're not going to do that. We are not going to be successful if we try to talk the Lord into anything. It's not going to be done. But then Elijah says, I've done all these things at your word. Would that not be a wonderful thing to be able to pray? Lord, everything I've done, I've done because you've told me to. Everything that I have done, I've done because you've told me to. Folks, I'm going to tell you, there's days I wouldn't be able to pray that prayer. There are many days I would not be able to pray that prayer. I wonder, what about you? And then here's his request. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me. What's he asked for? It's really simple. That this people may know that you, O Lord, are God. Now, I'm ashamed to say there's many days that that's not like a prayer that I pray. How many times, how many times are we guilty of our prayers sounding like a grocery list of things that we want instead of praying that people will know who Jesus is, that blinded eyes will be open, people who the enemy has deceived and blinded their eyes. How many times do we find ourselves praying for those eyes to be open? How many times do we do that? I hope it will be more and more. Maybe you're thinking this morning, I really don't know how to pray. If that's you this morning, I pray that the desire of your heart will be, Lord, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray. I will guarantee you if that is the true desire of your heart, He will do it. He will answer that prayer. Maybe you're thinking this morning, I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Again, I pray that the desire of your heart will be, Lord, teach me how to pray. Remember, He already knows what you need before you even ask Him. When we, when we have a discussion with Jesus, that's really what prayer is. It is a conversation with Jesus. That's what it is. He knows what we need before we ask it. We just need to talk to him. And then maybe you're thinking other people might think that what I say sounds silly. Again, I want to remind you, you're praying directly to Jesus. You're not praying to to impress anybody else. And if you are, 
You're like that first group of people. Or maybe the second group of people that we talked about. You're not praying to impress anybody. You're having a conversation with Jesus. And again, I want to remind you, Jesus says, don't be like those two groups of people. Because I know what you need before you ask me. So let's pray. Let's pray. Let's take that as being true. As we prepare to close today, I want to just remind us of a verse from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us with confidence, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I want to ask you this morning as we prepare to close, when's the last time that you have approached that throne of grace? When is, when is the last time that you have approached the throne of grace? Question number two is, when's the last time you've approached that throne of grace with confidence? You see, there's a difference in approaching it and approaching it with confidence. When's the last time that you have done that? But look what happens. Look what, what can happen when we do that. We can receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. I wonder this morning, is there anybody here that's ever needed mercy in your life? Is there anybody here that's ever needed mercy in your life? Is there anybody here who has ever needed grace in your life? Let me tell you, I know who provides it. I know the man who provides it. His name is Jesus Christ. And you can approach His throne, His holy throne today. I wonder, will you? You know, there may be somebody here this morning who has never trusted in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If that's the case, it needs to happen today. Don't live your life as if you can wait till tomorrow. You may not have tomorrow. I've said this many times, accepting Jesus truly is as simple as we teach children in Bible school that it is. It's the ABCs of Christianity. You have got to admit that you're a sinner. And so many times that's the hard part because we don't want to be dependent on anybody. Jesus wants you to be totally dependent on Him. The problem that we experience so many times... People are so independent. They don't need anybody to help them with anything. We need Jesus this morning. We need Jesus. And if we think we don't, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. I want you to know you can meet Jesus and know Him as your Lord and Savior today. And I would love to introduce you to Him. Maybe there's people here this morning that you know for certain you're a Christian. But you also know for certain that you have not been walking the walk. Maybe you've been talking the talk, but you hadn't been walking the walk. Remember, Jesus sees everything. He sees all those things that are done in secret. So maybe there's people here this morning that simply need to come forward and affirm that, hey, from this point forward, it's going to be different. Jesus is going to be the priority in my life. Perhaps there's another group of people here today that are parents. That song that Kaylee sang earlier is called What Love Is This? And it describes the love that our Heavenly Father 
has for us as his children. He wants you to know that love today. He wants you to know that. Maybe there's some of you this morning that would want to come forward and just say, Lord, teach me how to pray. Maybe there's others that feel burdened. Hey, as a parent, it's my responsibility to teach my children how to pray. And it is, by the way. If you are a parent, it is your job to teach your children how to pray. Don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. I want you to know this morning, Jesus is here. He wants to be first place in your life. I wonder, will we allow him to? Will we approach that throne, that holy throne? I almost threw my iPad there. Will we throw, will we approach that holy throne with confidence? Because when we do, we can receive that mercy and we can find grace to help in time of need. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for the people that you have brought to this place this morning. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here this morning. And I pray right now as we begin this time of invitation, Lord, I pray that you will just simply have your way. I pray it could be just exactly like that old hymn says, Have thy own way, Lord. I pray that you will convict hearts. I pray that people will not resist you. I pray that we will see surrender and salvation in this place today. And I pray that you will be glorified. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.
praise today to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. 